Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Proper Class Podcast. I'm Laura Checkley. And I'm Hannah Chiswick. And we are, of course, here to celebrate all things working class, because if we don't, who the bloody hell will, babes, eh? Who? Answer me. No. No one will. So we're doing it, innit? You've been hanging out with your teenage nieces, haven't you? I try and think of something new every week. Yeah, no, maybe don't. <laughs> As always, we sit down with a working class hero to celebrate their life and achievements and discuss just how they got to where they are today. So on that note, who are we celebrating this week, Law? Well, I'm proper over the moon to introduce this week's guest. I've been trying to get her on here for young, so now the day has finally arrived and I'm absolutely thrilled. Now, before I say anything about this woman's incredible achievements, let me tell you this. There is a cake made of dreams, yeah, sat in front of me, which our guest has baked especially for me. Well, and Hannah, obviously. Yeah. And I'm very excited to, well, basically inhale it. And get this, get this. Honestly, I don't actually really like cake. So I massive, tell her that massive before. That's a true story. Floor. I know. We'll get to that later. <laughs> now, not only an incredibly talented baker, but this week's guest is also a cookbook author, a Sunday Times columnist, and hello, a pub landlady. Get out of my pub. Will oh, I go home? <laughs> Please. And we'll be heading down there for a light sherry in no time, don't you worry. But no doubt you will best know this week's guest for winning one of the nation's favourite and one of my favourite shows of all time, The Great British Bake Off. Woohoo! Yeah, and since that win in 2016, our guest has gone from strength to strength, releasing two cookbooks, one of which has just come out and called Happy Cooking. She appeared on Dancing on Ice, terrifying. She's been regularly baking on shows such as This Morning, Christmas. Miss Kitchen and has been bossing it on the panel of ITV's Loose Women. She has even been an ambassador for Avon Cosmetics. Really? Oh my God. Hello, Avon calling. Oh my God, you've got all the voices. <laughs> I know. I haven't worked in a while. Yeah, Can you tell? Oh dear Lord, it's like one long audition. <laughs> Whilst, of course, all of these achievements are super impressive, me and Law thought it important to mention our guest's extensive work for charity. She's been raising money by hiking and baking for charities, including Copperfield and Cancer Research, and most recently, after Marcus Rashford exposed the government's pitiful offerings for free school meals, she opened up a pub, giving out meals to those who needed it. She's a a bloody diamond and a complete sweetheart so please give a very warm proper class podcast welcome to candy sprout that was epic wasn't it <laughs> make me blush <laughs> was it i hope it was all true because you know you yeah. go on wikipedia these days wikipedia and i love that i was waiting for something to drop in there and me look at you going what the f- <laughs> no, it's all it's all there. Yeah. I know it's it's weird, isn't it, when people oh, sort yeah. of list your achievements? It's always a bit cringy, but it's important to know. And it's like it's so lovely, also as well. Just you know, when I gave you Google earlier, uh, just like you know, earlier in the was it earlier in the year or last year with the, the whole school meals thing that you know yeah. you took it upon yourself to open up the pub and give out meals. How did yeah. that work out? It's one of those funny things, isn't it? And, and it, it is also weird because we're saying, oh, was it last year? Was it the year before? Oh, like yeah, I know. that. Whole the last Sense couple of years of time. Just mulched into one, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. I used to be a teacher, and when I saw like what was happening, and one of the first things is when we obviously when we shut down, when we went into lockdown, and people were having to teach from home. I was seeing all these people like going, having to homeschool. Like, what on earth am I doing? I mean, it was hard enough being a teacher in a classroom setting yeah, right. with resources and as your job, let alone having to do it at home. So I was trying to sort of help in that way by doing sort of food technology and then seeing that 
the other side of things. So I worked in the special needs department and I was ahead of year as well. And actually, that's the side where you see that even in sort of affluent areas, there are kids that go without and actually mm. there are kids that struggle. And when school stops, there's nothing for them. Mm. And then when they said, oh, you're not going to get this or there was no food, that sometimes is their only meal of the day. Yeah, and of course. of course, I was straight on board with that. And I said, right, it's a little pub in the middle of a tiny little village, but we are open. If you need anything, you don't even have to ask, just turn up. Like, send someone if you're embarrassed, drop me a message, whatever. Like, no questions asked. If you need something, just ask. You can have it. Like, literally, because it's been hard. It's been fucking tough. I know. Mm. Um, so, well, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, if that. we could have done anything, then obviously we would do it. Talking of food, I mean, we do have this cake that's like, it's not a cake. What is it? Explain brownie. to the listeners. A brownie. Brownies. So they are double chocolate, caramel and sea salt brownies. Which is great because I'm not a big cake lover. I'll never thank you Hurry for a birthday cake. Hurry up and eat right. the cake. So we're going to eat it live. Sorry, what's that thing if people don't like chewing? What's that thing called? Oh. Uh, phobia. There's a, oh, it's a yeah, phobia, there is, isn't there? I'm really so, sorry, so, listener, if that's you. But I honestly, I'm still eating the cake. Right, Ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not oh, a soggy nervous. bottom here. No, soggy you can't get that with a can you? you can't get a soggy I mean, bottom with a brownie, I mean, you can you? Could, you could, you could. Oh my, oh my God, Candice is amazing. Moist. <laughs> Why do oh, people hate me, that, that word? That's one of my favourite words ever. What's that? Moist. <laughs> I have to say, I've not been a fan, <laughs> but now you're applying it to this cake, I'm a newly a fan. I mean... I'm going oh to have to God, stop I'm eating so this sorry, because... Everyone. It's so lovely. Oh, just one more bite. I'm not being funny, but... Oh, mm. God. It, I'm really right. Michelle, our producer, whipped a section of these off into the other room. <laughs> Didn't have never seen a move so I far. Did, I did. Get... They were gone. I they do were like gone. also, though, in, in true proper working class um, style, Candy should popped it in a Chinese <laughs> takeaway... Foiled, Foiled uh, container. container. Right, last bite. I and promise then it was it. clean. It didn't have egg fried rice in it. So, Candice, we start each week asking our guests to take us back to a place and time that has some meaning to them, somewhere that has a connection to their working class roots. So if you could take us anywhere today, where would you take us? Oh, this was really easy for me, but in a hard way when um, we spoke about this. Um, and it would be back to my nan's house. Um, I was born and brought up in North London, hence the stunning accent, which <laughs> I, uh, I'm very, very proud of. Um, yeah, in North so London? Edmonton, um, right. born and brought up around Tottenham, massive Tottenham fan. I know you Also are. talking about football, I have to bring it up when I probably fell in love with you. Is that volley on Soccer AM, How Laura? amazing is that? Oh, Literally. My, I know, my it volley. is a moment, isn't it? Come Listen, on. it's the best moment ever that's ever been. I think it's the best moment of my for life, For me, mate. ever. <laughs> mate, honestly. I, was, the, I went on the year before, did that volley challenge and nearly took a child out. Yeah, I've there done was it like, twice and not got close. Oh, have you done it? Yeah. Isn't it harder than really? it looks? Yeah, mate, you looked. It made it look well hard. You it was actually <laughs> Jamie Redknapp gave me a little bit of sound advice just before I stepped up saying it did work, it did work. Love what that. was the advice? He said paintbrush it through just your foot like a paintbrush, like a paintbrush. Oh, paintbrush it, that. yeah. Oh, I so love you it. Paintbrush the fuck out of that ball, mate. <laughs> I did. So go on, yeah. So yeah, so brought, yeah, brought up in uh, Edmonton, round Tottenham and everything like that. So it's a place that it holds so many memories for me. But uh, my nan was the apple of my eye. She was my world. Um, I adored her. I adore all my family, but there was just something between me and my nan. And spent a lot of time with her growing up, her and my granddad. She was a dinner lady. My granddad was a caretaker and they had a big, what we called the schoolhouse. Um, Mum and dad got their first pub and was a little bit rough. So sent sort of me and my older sister and we lived with my nan and granddad while they were kind of sort of establishing themselves in work because work was tough. Yeah, like, of course. And hard hours as yeah, well, obviously. Yeah, very. Yeah, so we yeah. spent a lot of time with them. And then um, my little brother came along. And yeah, so we were kind of I spent a lot of time with them growing up, but I used to choose to spend my time with them as well. So even when I was 16, I'd go down on my, my half terms and stuff like that and oh. spend it with my nan and granddad. And yeah, it's just my nan was just one of the best people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my granddad worked really hard at what he did. He was in the Navy. Um, and then he like to say he was a caretaker. She was a dinner lady. And just things like she was the most incredible cook. I speak about it a lot when I talk about my food and cooking. Yeah, because in your is it your first book? Mm -hmm. Is it the recipes of your nan? Yeah. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. such an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. such a great idea. Yeah, her, her handwritten recipes that um, I found when she passed away, just like all wedged in like this cookery book. 
and just scribbles of notes and they're my most prized thing and yeah so they're in the first book and it's dedicated her name was Margaret but the book's dedicated to Flo her middle name was Florence like it's just she just suited being a Florence because she was just incredible can you remember the first thing you ever learned to cook with her? Was it a cake? Was it like no? I think it was um, like little jam tarts. So mm-hmm. you know, you could probably yeah. you probably know that you know the tables which would lift up and extend out. Yes, yes. So you got one of those and those chairs that were brown backed that sort of looked <laughs> leather but weren't. Yeah. I'd drag one of those through into the kitchen and stand on it next to her while she was making. And she'd make everything by hand, yeah. um, and she'd give me the cutoffs of pastry, and then we'd poke them into the Yorkshire pudding tin and put jam in there and make little jam tarts so I think that was probably the very first thing I can kind of remember then it'd be like butterfly cakes and and things like that and just always having an endless supply of um, ice lollies which I think has aided and fed my obsession with ice lollies now. And do you feel like you always had a bit of a flair for it or was it just something that over time people started to say oh you're really good at this? I don't know. Like it's a funny. It's probably the only thing I've it's ever come more naturally to me. Mm. Um, I'm not naturally clever. Like I laugh when I say that because most people are like, like, no fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) I had to work really hard. Like me too. I can only pull faces. At least you actually create something. No, I'm terrible cook. Um, But it's just probably I felt a little bit more natural doing it, and I like to think that I kind of maybe took that from Nan. And just her love of food and just that understanding. I can still see the way her hands moved mm. when she um, when she either rolled dough out or mm. she or she moved with the flour and things like that. I can picture that so, so clearly. Um, but obviously, North London, parts of North London are quite hard work and can be quite interesting. So I don't go back there so much now, but obviously remembering that and it being a, a real, in parts, quite quite rough and still sort of is especially sort of around Tottenham and things like that and growing up um, mum and dad and I we lived on Edmonton Green in a block of flats like floor 12 and it's literally like Del Boy like (laughs) like Nelson Mandela house like mum said like the the lift would never be working so she'd drag the buggy up and me and the dog up and down the flight to seven, she'd go to the market and pass me to someone on the market stall and then pick me up an hour later around the other side. And that's how it was. It was like, that's how things kind of were back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Nan would still would still go to those markets and things like that. And I think that's probably cemented my love of food and the smells of food and the markets and the sound mm. and anything like that. I want to know about it. I want to feel it. I want to smell it. I want to touch it. Talking about food. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's it's probably the only thing that's come maybe a little bit more natural to me. And I like to think I hold on to the fact that maybe I took that from Nan. So, like, obviously you're saying, like, oh, you say, oh, I'm not, like, intelligent or not clever or, I mean, you've done pretty well so I would beg to differ but I suppose you mean in what people because I would say the same and I know Laura would say the same as well because we'd be made to feel probably in like traditional education that we don't quite tick those boxes and Mm. how was school what was school like how was early life you know what was that like like I've I've always had to work hard um at kind of like school and stuff like that and it's it's really interesting now I've had a recent diagnosis of ADHD couple of years ago me too oh, really? a couple oh of God. weeks ago oh really yeah. Yeah. so mine was literally a couple of weeks two ago two years ago this month it makes a lot of sense so much it? sense when I look back at mm. school I Gosh. excelled in anything I didn't have to sit still in and it wasn't because I was that an understanding special needs and things like that now and special educational needs because I was a special educational needs teacher and I worked in inclusion in my last school it affects girls and boys very differently it affects yeah, it older goes- and for younger. some time undiagnosing women especially it does oh, very, huge, very, yeah. you know I'm in my 40s Hugely. now and I've just been diagnosed that's very very common yeah. in women yeah it's Older. considered to be a naughty boys thing and that's it also very untrue of boys stereotypical naughty climbing the walls and and it's very teens. not true it's a really no, terrible falsehood that yeah but I when I look back and we were talking about it and when because um, I was speaking to somebody I was speaking to a psychiatrist about sort of a few different things and that wasn't what we were wanting to speak about it was a few weeks on he went we need to look at something we've got to look we've got to address something I'm I'm not concerned about but I think you've got might explain some yeah. things yeah so school was PE food drama woodwork yeah. needlework I don't call it textiles, textiles needlework yeah, yeah. sorry yeah. 90 year old Candice <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's just it was always just practical stuff and I loved that I wouldn't ever go back to school I think I started oh. to come into my own a little bit mm. at A level 
Um, when I did PE, you can just focus. I did PE or BTEC sport. But you still somehow it was. managed to. You managed so well when you think, considering now, obviously now you know you you have ADHD. But you, you managed to get your A-levels, you went to university yeah, and you become so a physical educational teacher. Yeah. Is that what you call it? A physical educational physical teacher? Educational physical education. Education. PE teacher. PE teacher. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't have to take any exams for my A-levels. I chose oh, wow. a degree, which I only had to take one exam in my first year. So practical, was Literally. It? So, but obviously subconsciously, I knew I couldn't do exams. I can't sit. I can't revise. I can't. Mm spend time doing and remembering my memory's fucking awful like mm. I remember my name forget my name most days mm. so yeah I suppose it's just learning to cope and now things make sort of a lot of sense mm. yeah I think women and girls are very good at adapting subconsciously to stuff and I think we make traditionally we make a bit less fuss and maybe a bit less literal noise as well so I yeah. know that I became very introverted and actually quite quiet and and um, withdrawn into my secondary school because I just wanted to I couldn't work out all the rules that were going on yeah and weirdly and I'm sure it's the same with you because you have like a fantastic personality and people also go oh she's so outgoing she's so confident I've only just started to speak about my ADHD but people find can't believe it yeah it's the thing they go really yeah. but you're so confident you like you know it's it's just I think in women it just is presents so so differently so and I think for must be generations of women who have just had been ignored and not been yeah. had any sort of help or understanding even of of themselves in that way but also in a in a in another way as well it has aided me like I've Hugely. done things mm. that I probably wouldn't have done Hugely. and the only time I can focus the only time I do focus is when I'm put under pressure and my head goes down and I know give me four hours to do something give me four hours or whatever yeah. it was like a fucking gingerbread pub, I would do that gingerbread pub. Yeah, that's With that's that's give me a week. Nah. Yeah. No, you still I'm, do I'm it in doing, the four hours. Right? Yeah, I still me do too, it in yeah. the four hours right at the end of the week. Yeah, I know. And, and that's kind of how it is. But one of the other things is with me, like with things and with school and stuff, is I work hard. Yeah. I'm not natural at anything. I work hard and I will work and work and work for things and I carry on working and I carry on learning and I'm still doing that now. And I strive for things I want by working for it because they don't come naturally to me. So, yeah, you were obviously you mentioned before that your mum and dad ran pubs. So tell us a bit about did you spend a lot of time hanging out in the pubs they were running? Yeah, Um, they ran pubs for about 25 years. So all in Tottenham as well in that sort of area? No, so um, all round really. We moved around quite a lot. So normally about every two or three years we moved um, and that then, must have been odd. Yeah, it was. It was. Did it you was move fun. school then as well? Yeah. Then? Oh my god. And then we sort of settled. I think maybe when I was about maybe ten, eleven, twelve, we settled in Bedfordshire, so we didn't have to move schools. We still moved pubs, but we stayed in schools. Wow. Um, we stayed in the same school because obviously it was then kind of upper school. Yeah. Yeah. And not moving around so much. But yeah, it was. That's how it was. I'd never known living in a house. Until maybe I was 21 and I went off to, well, 18, 19 when I went off to uni. Was it always noisy? Like, yeah. if you're going to bed and you could just hear the yeah. voices. In my yeah. head, that sounds like quite romantic. Low, I did lying up in bed listening to This low-level, like, hum yeah. of noise. And But then I've always, I, I like noise. I yeah. prefer noise. I was going to say, do you, yeah, it's probably the, yeah. the that, growing so up in the we, pub and hearing that little out, hum underneath. Yeah, when they came out and we came out of the pubs, we moved into a house for the first time. None of us could sleep. Because wow, yeah. it was just quiet. It yeah. was weird in a house quiet. Um, but Dad was a builder before. Um, we did cleaning, things like that, like stories like getting on the tube and then waking up at the end of the tube <laughs> line because he'd just gone round. and kick. Gone, yeah. yeah, gone had to go back in. Mum was a nurse for like way back when and then worked sort of in a, um, in a hospital and things like that. And then, yeah, they got together, got married, moved into the flat in Edmonton. I think they had... Dad said they a three-piece leather suite when they got back from the honeymoon and a fiver. And that's literally like, like shit, okay. Uh, yeah. We've got something nice to sit and I've got a fiver. But um, yeah, and then they, they got into the pub business and moved around quite a lot. When presumably they didn't own the pubs, they were just like running them. Is yeah, that right? for the brewery, yeah. yeah. And so did you always know that you wanted to run a pub or was that just some a thing that's happened more recently yeah because you run a pub with your brother right yeah so no it, it wasn't so I wanted to 
kind of I was being a hostess and I didn't really know and I love sport and everything like that and I think I always kind of thought I'd be end up being a PE teacher but I did different bits and pieces I did flight attendant for a year which was fucking horrendous um I worked in a gym just literally just didn't really know what I wanted to do then went and did again I didn't go back to uni to do a sports degree because I knew I couldn't my brain couldn't hack it so I did like learning on the job like GTP so with the with the PE teacher how long were you a PE teacher for then before you applied for Bake Off um so I think I must have been a teacher for nearly I want to say nearly 10 years oh right nine ten years um so I started so a secondary PE teacher and then I was ahead of year um, which I loved which was obviously a lot of behaviour and things like that and then yeah. I went to a school um, where I was um, second in the inclusion department and was still teaching a bit of PE but was working a lot with special educational needs and I loved it and I'd applied a couple of years and I hadn't got on and people were kind of saying like really like are you sure like is this a good idea and I said I just it was never a case of oh I could do that I could do that I could do better than that it was just I wanted to be part of it so much I yeah. love the show so much I just wanted to be part of it and so you applied yourself yeah and, and then, do you have to do like you a little show them a cake and, yeah. like yeah. do you have to do it literally yeah do you have to do it live in front of them so yeah, they know you can do it all different like there's different steps like it's pretty it was really intense when I bet it is because so many were. people must apply yeah so it's have like, to whittle them all down course, to that few yeah, amount jokers of jokers that go oh yeah I could there you go I have once made some gingerbread yeah you know what I mean yeah made some banana bread in lockdown do yeah. <laughs> um, they they put you through your paces. You have to fill an application form. Then there's phone interviews and sort of little quiz, like little tests, I suppose. And did then, you have to give up work for a bit? No, I was still teaching. So you're teaching and then going into the tent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the, the head teacher knew and my my boss knew, um, and so I'd go in and sort of say, look, can I have Thursday and Friday off because I'm uh, going obviously. Yeah, fine. And I come back and he'd be like, how would you get on? I say, well, if it's okay, can I have Wednesday and Thursday off next week and he'd be like yeah and that's how it was sort of and everybody else just go oh right yeah you want yeah, another two days literally, literally every, oh, wow. I think everyone either thought just I was winging either, it as you were going along. literally either dying of like some horrible disease because I looked like absolute shit because <laughs> yeah. I was so Exhausted, tired right? or pregnant because I was tired and putting on weight because <laughs> eating all these all I was eating games. was cake and magnums have to <laughs> practice your showstoppers didn't you look yeah. me like I know but I know that your showstoppers is something you prep I'd love it? to see you on Celebrity I Babe know, me you would, too. Uh, babe, I went to that you know that one that there's like there's one in like South London yeah. where it's like a pretend bake yeah. off and I went and did it and I was half cut and I honestly, the cake was all like, I couldn't even follow the I instructions. I think you've Amazing. ever, how long have we been like good, like 20 years nearly maybe now? That's yeah. a long time. I don't think you've cooked me out no, in no, that time. No, no, never mate, but I've I'm treated good. you to I'm, a dinner. You've treated me to lots of dinners, a few cheeky Friday Nandos <laughs> for sure. That. My stepsister is a chef, she like trained in Harrods, like an incredible chef, but she like, she, she is a chef at a school now because she doesn't want to do all the hours and whatever. Um, and she oh, that came lucky, to my kitchen me. and laughed. I've got like three pans. I live like a student, mate. I love it. <laughs> I, I love that it. and That's then took a need. bite of my, of my cake. I love it. No, I've, I'm campaigning for you to get on. I think you'd be amazing. I would, but yeah, I'd be I just, a disaster, but it'd be funny for everyone. so good. Yeah. Um, I can't wait I just, to see your showstopper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Obviously, we um, recovered Bake Off. What was that like winning? You know, like, I don't know, because you're a big fan, aren't you, Han? When you watch that final and there's nothing in it other than just winning and the love of baking. And that's Literally. what I love about the show. And obviously, you've gone on to do amazing things. And so is some, so the other winners and people that have taken part. But it's not like an X Factor where you get a record deal or whatever at the end of it. It is just... A glass the, cake stand. Yeah. And that there's no promise of anything, no TV. No. And I love that. That's what I think yeah. everyone loves about it. But it's a bit different for you, isn't it? Because like for Law, for example, like she's been an actress for years and she goes, you know, she's been on stage and then she does little bits on telly and over time that's grown. But your life must have changed from like that being on telly. So you're doing it, you're taking your two days off and the head's going, yeah, all right. Oh, another week. Oh, okay, okay. But like suddenly it's on. What was that experience yeah, like? Yeah, it suddenly? was mental and it still makes me feel a bit weird because it was, it was just mental. That's probably the best word to describe it. Um, I went, like I say, I went on it with no other expectations or anything other than I loved the show and I just loved baking and I just thought it'd be amazing to be part of. Yeah. And oh, yeah, obviously I'm completely and utterly biased, but... R12, we're a 12. We we got a bollock in one day because Paul came in and was like, we were in the green room and he was like, this is a competition. You should be competing against each other. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think at that point mm. we were probably like giving each other Chinese burns over like Dobble and Scrabble. So we'd be competitive in the green room playing board games when there was like downtime or judging things like that. Getting to the tent, we'd be like, right, who needs help? And it was that pure. It was that yeah, gorgeous lovely and lovely. And you're and not really allowed really to do that then, help each not other. Not really, because you could sit, like, especially in the technicals and things like that. You'd yeah, be like, you don't know what it is. And I'd be going, yeah, there'd be words. <laughs> what was the word? Around. It was like either consecutively or something like that. And I was going, what the fuck does consecutively mean? And Rav's trying to whisper what it is, and they could hear them going, no, no conferring. And I'm looking oh, at wow. Rav laughing because we just were in it for the love of it and yeah. I had no expectations yeah. and when I see that back and when I see the genuine shock it's funny because it looks like I do a little Irish jig like my feet go and Ooh. <laughs> um, it's genuine surprise and I didn't expect anything I didn't know what was going to happen it was filmed so the final was filmed in June and it wasn't shown until October so there's a big old gap and when that October came around I mean it was weird obviously you're then when your na- names get announced everyone at the school was like oh yeah, now it's where right. Been, that's right. where you've been. That's why you look like shit. Yeah, but the kids um, must have thought that was well cool. Yeah, some of them. But then also I was working with some of the um, more challenging behaviours as well. Would be like, Miss, you look really, really ugly when you cry. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Oh, Miss, <laughs> you were proper shit. Yeah, again, thank you. But then you'd get, they'd like maybe one of them would hang back at the end of a lesson and be like, me and my family have been watching you and like, we, oh, we think you're really so. good. And I'd oh. be like, oh. Um, and it was just, it was great. We'd walk, I'd walk down the corridor and I'd go, bake off! And turn around, there'd be no one there. And I'd be like, really? Good one. <laughs> so you went back to work <laughs> after then? Yeah. You went back to I went, work? I went back the day the film final was filmed. I remember this day. I went back. I went back into school the very next morning. I said I had chocolate under my finger, chocolate in my hair. Um, I mean, I say that when you see the state of me on that final, you understand why I'd had barely any sleep. And I went in. And it was GCSEs, the, I think it was first day GCSEs and I was doing access arrangements, shouting at year 11 to be quiet as they file into the hall for their GCSEs and the head walks past me and he goes, um, how are you? I'm like, yeah, 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 good. And he's, and he's sort of going, how did you get on? And I looked at him and I just, like this, oh, and I just stop. nodded my head. Oh. And he went, uh, Miss Brown, 
uh, sort out a meeting for later on this afternoon. And he sort of off he went. And I was just remember just standing there nodding my head at him like, I've just won the bake off. But yeah, I carried oh, on wow. working. I worked when it was shown. I worked all the way through because I didn't know what was going to happen. No, it was my head not. that yeah. said to me, go and do this. Yeah, like, I was go say, and do did it. something shift in you after having that incredible experience going... There might be something in this. It was I my could... head teacher. Because, really? Yeah, I was. I was still working at school even when it was shown. I was still going back because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't have. I didn't have any expectations. I still don't. No. I do jobs and I work and I do things that I love and I can fully get behind and I never expect anything. And he said to me, "Go, go and do this. You'll always be a teacher, mm. but go and do this because." As teachers, we're encouraging students to follow dreams and to do things that they're passionate about. And I've got to do the same for my staff. Go and do wow, it. Wow, he sounds like a great he, honestly, guy. Honestly, so great. And I, a little like acknowledgement to them in the back of my first book because not everyone was like that. And the, the book deals, did they come pretty quickly? Was that something you come up with and then approached people about? Or? No, the, the first one came up quite quick. I wrote the first one in three months. Wow. How I don't, I mean, I didn't sleep very much, ADHD much. literally, yeah, <laughs> literally. And I and I write every single recipe and I test everyone myself. Wow. I don't have anyone else doing it, and I wouldn't. And that's how I work, and that's how I do things. And if I can't do it, then I wouldn't put it in my book because if it pisses me off. It's going to piss somebody else off. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so the first one came quite quite fast. Obviously, I was Bake Off winner on. It was the biggest show. It was like something I think consolidate with something like over sixteen million views. It's a big year that year. It was, really it was the biggest. Big year, yeah. was, and then the change to Channel Four, so there was a lot of press. So of course, book deals were like right, okay. So I did that first one. That happened quite quick. And I've waited nearly four years for this second one. Wow. Because it is a saturated market and it's yeah. difficult. And I and I know that and I know it's hard. But what I did with this one was look more at mental health as well it's something I've started speaking about more yeah um is my mental health and and how it's affected naturally how food is a massive thing for me with regards to that and that therapy of using your hands and things and also the the links to ADHD and the other links that you can have with various different things whether it's an hour away during that weird lockdown covid time where you could spend and spend some time learning how to learning a new skill or time with nieces nephews sons daughters or a partner where you you spend some time in the kitchen away from what is now your home your office your Mm. doctors everything in that in your one space was that and that's where happy cooking come about so very Mm. different fucking terrifying like because being I was that honest about me. And, oh God, yeah, yeah, not hiding behind something, yeah. but actually being really... It's a bit sweary as well. Like I, went, I went and did some stuff in a school a little while ago and they all got a book each and I was like, sorry, there are some swear words in there. <laughs> <laughs> Just going back to the class thing, like, have you found that you watch how you talk a bit or you feel like you should watch how you talk a bit because of your upbringing or how you sound? Especially when you're on TV and yeah, stuff like how was yeah. Did you become conscious of your accent? I did and... it at the beginning a little bit. It's funny, like, it's something I've never lost. I don't know why I've not lost my act. But then when people hear my dad, they're like, that's why. Dad still talks in Cockney rhyming slang. Call me it. Winkle. Yeah. Still yeah. talks in rhyming slang and, and things like that. And people go, right, okay, now. We, because it was just how it is. And I and it's it's me. It's, it's probably something I will always hold on to because it's my link to where I'm from. People mm-hmm. say to me, "Where are, where's home? And I will say Edmonton. My home is there. Even though I haven't lived there for since I was little. That's that is feels, my nan. Yeah. That is my place. That is where everything happened for me and still kind of does, I suppose, in my head. But yeah, when I came out, it's like just kind of watching myself on stage and things like that. But I just got quite exhausted. And actually, it was a bit of a short, sharp shock yeah. Yeah. to how people reacted. So I got quite a lot of shit like during Bake Off. I know people, you did. People I know weren't you did. great. Um, what was that based around your accent? My my face, and my she wore lips, a bit of my teeth. I know, like just mm. yeah, just because you made an effort, a confident working class she woman, speaks like she does, yeah, mm. and just Charming. a bit of also a bit of like armor as well. Like I'm shitting of myself. Course. Like I'm gonna try and look all right here because down here, like I probably should be wearing a nappy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah so it was like okay so for the first while I was like okay and then I found myself did you feel you were censoring yourself a little bit or like sort of editing yourself a little bit and like watering yourself down I think so and going Mm. out like always with makeup on and stuff like that but then like I found myself on like worst dress lists 
kids and people coming on this and people still saying stuff. And then I thought, you know what? Joe, absolutely fuck it. I'm going out my onesie. I've been pictured in my pajamas now. I'm like, I could spend a day getting ready and you're still going to slate something about me. So yeah. I'm going out in my pajamas. I don't give a shit. Because when you don't the like press it, are coming like after it. you, they're coming after you, yeah. isn't it? And that's, yeah. you know, they, yeah. It doesn't um, matter what you do, you won't win that, will you? No. Um, it's amazing, as you know, when yeah. it's amazing. But sometimes some of the shit cuts deep and there's yeah, you nothing know, but you can do I get do to, to escape behind a character, really, so I can escape and go, you know, that's that character, that's character. But it's you. So it does feel hugely personal, yeah, doesn't it, when people are attacking how you look. How did you do with all the speak, social you know? media and stuff? Did you, did you like, read it all and then t- sort of have a period where you yeah. went, I'm going to have to move away from this? Or... Do you know what I did? I did read it. And also, it's nothing I've never had not heard before because I was brought up in a pub. So right, my, my friends and family would um, take it upon themselves to, because um, we ended up basically saying, um, I used to get called the C word quite a lot, and um, and it's not cucumber. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, so my friends and family would take it upon themselves to see, we'd make a joke, see who, how long it'd be before, as the episode started before someone would call me a cucumber. So my friends and family just messaged me going, you, and I'd be like, right, okay, you won today. I'd be like, well, I don't, it doesn't fuss me, but sometimes it'd be something and it'd be like, what what, like, what have I actually done? And that was tough because I'd be like, I'm just me. And I think that's why now I'm so staunch. And I always was as a teacher on bullying and don't ever not feel good enough, even though like I battle with that massively, like mm. myself at the moment, terribly. But actually, do you know what? Hold yourself responsible for being a dick. Like and I would I would mm-hmm. go back to them. I don't have that nastiness in me at all. No. I'm not a mean person. The only time it really got to me was people would say, You look like you're a bitch, you look bitchy, wow. you look like and I'd go, You're so far from the truth. God. It's untrue. And also I hope no one is as rude to you as you've just been to me, or I or I see in your profile picture you've got daughters or your your is that your family in your picture? What beautiful family they've got. Let's hope there's no one says anything of any kind that you've just said to me. The negatives are so small and they're not even negatives. We laugh about it. I think most things I will laugh about. There's very few things that really get to me. And if they do, then I don't tell anyone about it. My dad would say, don't let anyone see you upset. Don't let anyone see you cry. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny, not... is it? Because I come from that sort of family. I think it's the very working class thing to go, it's all right. We're all right. Yeah. Carry on. Crack on. Face, You've got face this. on. Face on. Face on. Yeah, yeah. that's probably how literally. you've dealt with it. Literally. So brilliantly. Um, I know it probably doesn't feel like that for you, but um, do you think your working class roots probably helped, right? A hundred percent. Give you that armour that you like needed. The grounding and how I am comes from my family. My family are amazing. Yeah. Like they are just incredible and they're the ones that are going to be there, whether it's blood family or it's family that have you've picked up along the way. They're, mm. they're the kind of ones. And a hundred percent. I started acting like a knob. My dad and my mum be the first one. who go, what the fuck are yeah. you doing? Sort yeah. yourself out. Like... And the same like with my brother and stuff, like we've had no staff because of everything that's going on. Like I've been having to get up, clean the pub, clean the bloody urinals. But yeah. that's me. <laughs> like if you want to be grounded, yeah, I'll clean the urinals, Ellen. People, when we first opened the public, oh, I'm really disappointed. Where's your lipstick? And I'll be like, I've oh had my hand down to you, Ben, oh, mate. Dear. So wow. I've, I live in dungarees and sort of this and things like that. but um, I think it's very typical of a working class person. Like with you, you know, you've, you've had all that success and you've written your books and you're going on things like Dancing on Ice, which must have been amazing. But um, when the urinals need cleaning, the urinals exactly. need cleaning. Yeah, but, I wouldn't no, but do here anything. you are going, I'm going to also open a pub because yeah, you just never know. I'm going to open a business because you just never know that the cook, the, the cooking, the baking might dry exactly up. Exactly that. So Laura. I've got that. And exactly I think that's that. what a working class person does. Exactly we never it. rest on our laurels. That is exactly it. When I, you've not had it, you remember what it's like to not have it. So the fear of, you know, that going away. Exactly. We talk about that all I needed the time. a backup. I need I was always going to have a backup. Yeah. I said I have no expectations. I didn't go into it wanting anything. But I know I'm not silly and I will continue to work and I work hard and the pub is everything. My brother is the most incredible builder as well. So they've done they did this huge extension, him and my dad mm. during um lockdown. He's just so smart and so clever in a completely different way. He was so awful at school. He got no interest in anything. Came out with, I'm not even sure he got any GCSEs. He tells mum and dad he did. Pretty sure he did. <laughs> um, yeah, but he can build shit. And, he can you know. build shit and build well good shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my dad, and it's just, you see that and you're, you're working and you're doing that. And I knew I had to have 
something and it's just I'm beyond proud of it at times I'm not sure how I'm not bald especially the last few months yeah, yeah it must be tough cool. yeah. but it has been for everybody but yeah, what you do and what we do is go right okay what do we need to do head down get on with it stop moaning pull up your pants pull up your socks most of the time they're odd and just go do you know what what do we need to do to survive and that's what we're going to fucking do and that's how we've done it like yeah. that is literally it we at one point it was just me my brother and his now fiance Sophie we were doing takeaways it was ridiculous but yeah. that's how we survived find another way exactly because you've got to and it's a hundred percent a hundred percent so I mean obviously you probably don't feel like it but you're huge I mean from our point of view hugely successful and you know you're in a very different position now financially and we all come at this now from a very privileged place um, and I know we were talking about this before we went on air, but do you still feel working class, even though oh, you're probably God, technically yeah. not living that working class life anymore? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I still worry. I, of course, I worry about money all yeah. the time. I have like because people have this assumption as well, which blows my mind. Where I find sometimes there's a story comes out and it's like worth this amount of money yeah, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, and I'm like wow where do oh, you yeah, one of those weird that? things online and they go um, what, what do they were well it said yeah. I was 52 for a start on one I of it which on. was furious <laughs> Sorry. And then it said I was worth 1.5 million. I, I can tell you, listener, she I ain't. No, no, I ain't. I I'm 42 and I've only just bought a flat. I don't <laughs> even fucking have a, I, like, I don't have a house. I haven't got, I've got a pub, You've but got a I, don't, pub, yeah. I, don't have a, I don't have a house. No. I feel like in every area of life, there's, there's some snobbery around some things. So obviously you've been catapulted into something that was your passion and now it's become like a professional part of your life as well. Do you notice food snobbery? Um from myself because I don't think I could like I would never I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about this I don't see how I can be called a chef alongside actual real chefs I think that's embarrassing to put me in the same do you yeah like I get like oh I'm so lucky that some of my food heroes have become good friends of mine now and I can ring them and ask for advice and I go and see them and we we get together and and things like that you've got Mary on speed dial obviously yeah of Um, but like Tom Kerridge and Jose and and people like that and the Tanner brothers, I, I'm able to speak to them and I, I've been down and spent time with Stephen Terry at Pub in the Park and we've done all these different bits and pieces and then there's our little pub there and I'm like, I'm not, I can't, in my head I'm like, they must be thinking, who is, who is this? She just fannies around with cake and that's oh how I God, see myself. Yeah. But mine is just that continual to work hard so I will use my spare time and go and spend time at Pub in the Park on Stephen Terry's store with him, learning from him, excuse me. Yeah. Um, before we opened the pub, I went down and did what I called work experience with Tom Kerridge at the oh, coach wow, for a few days. Mean, I was like, Tom, can I come? And he's like, yeah, 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 come down. Like, spend some time in the kitchen. And I put in like four shifts because I want to learn. I want to learn properly. I'm not going down for a couple of hours and fannying around like, oh, I'll just have a look. When I've done stuff for dining disco, I went down and I spent two days in the kitchen doing it When it comes to baking it and stuff... Do you not? Is it you talking savoury here, where you feel Just like you're a bit more like, really? Yeah, because uh, maybe that's because because you still feel like a competition winner. Or, yeah, or just someone that's, it's just a hobby. I don't know. It's really weird. So when people say, what do you, I'll say, am I, I'd say I'd, I was a cook. I don't know, but it's funny. I think it's that mm. more from me, but then. I've tasted this brownie. Let me tell you. And that is not done by a cook, that's done by a chef. It's fucking oh, top stuff. Isn't it? I'm still going on a bike, carry on. Finish my furious. Bye. Is it important to you opening the pub that your prices felt accessible? Like, you know, because you could, you could charge loads, you're... Candice Brown, you could be like, you know, <laughs> what you call God. it, Michelin's, get your Michelin oh stars in or whatever. No, but you could have gone down not. that route, but have you been conscious to keep it like, you yeah. know, you grew up in a pub and you want to be surrounded by exactly those people that. that would come into that boozer? And- exactly that. The same with the food. Didn't want to go down the route of being anything that we weren't. So the food is good pub food. Everything's made fresh. Everything is 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 good sized portions massive portions fantastic I'll be there we are literally us two are going to be oh hello yes, oh we didn't absolutely. realise this was you know people go, yeah. go there and you go to this posh place and you're like 
Where I'm is it? I could eat that again yeah. ten Where times. It? It's tiny. Like with the puddings and stuff, they've got to be big. Like, don't bring me out half a portion of pudding. If I wanted half, I'd share it. I'm not sharing my pudding. Yeah. No. So, yeah, it, we, we just wanted to make sure that the food was good and it, it changes according to the seasons. And so we say to people, you might be waiting 15, 20 minutes because it's all being cooked. It. Yeah. Um, and if there's not something on the menu that you like or you want ask, we can always try and mix it up. Obviously prices things like that one of those some people are like yeah great value some people are like oh it's bloody expensive we're like right okay and i will we will sit and we'll explain to them the reasons for this is because this is some people go oh, i don't think about things like that and that's the thing we we want to encourage questions and talking and mm. an understanding of why the menu only has a certain amount of things on because none of it's stuck in the freezer it's not all dumped in the fryer exactly, it's not put through yeah. the microwave the reasons We're why we only do mm. Sunday roast on a Sunday is because the Sunday roasts are banging and that's all we would oh want on God, a Sunday. Don't, I want to come and have there. a Sunday roast. Yes, Sunday roast, so that's good. the one. Oh my yes. God. Do you cauliflower cheese and no? all? Yeah, Lovely. we do. Yes. Yorkshire puddings. Yes. Right, so sadly, we're coming to the end of our celebration of you, Candice. But at the end of the show, we always like to ask uh, our work, working class hero uh, if they have a working class hero themselves that they would like to celebrate today. So if you could celebrate someone today, who would that be? This was a funny one I said to you at the beginning, didn't I? Like, I think this one's been playing on my mind a little bit because I could say my dad is probably the ultimate. Um, then you've got my brother, my mum, a couple of my best mates and things like that. Um, but... I think I want to celebrate hugely is my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, Craig, my sister Tanya, um, my husband, Craig. He um, is an incredible human being. He was in the army, went into the army from school, very, I think, no qualifications, went straight into the army. That was his life. Built his way up, was in the Chelsea Blues and Royals. Mm. Um, Really, really incredible, was a sniper. He He was a sniper. Yeah, he was a sniper. He used to hold the record for the world's longest sniper kill. Um, was blown up, all these different things. He's hugely suffering with his mental health. Um, he's out of the army now, as lots of sort of veterans do suffer with mm, PTSD. And he was blown up. He was shot in the head, things like that. So mm-hmm. really struggling. But what he is doing, he's more recently spoken about his mental health and he's opened like a survival school. So uh, Maverick Survival School, and it's to help people understand and things if they want to do bits and pieces in the world. But he's using his own personal traumas to help men men don't speak very much about mental health and he struggles hugely and he's done a few bits and pieces and he's opened the survival school he was one of the most trained probably highly skilled person so does that make him non-working class i don't know but actually he worked his way up to that yeah and now he's working to do something he loves so much that helps him mentally but also hopefully will help other people and the response him and my sister are getting is just unbelievable and I I made feel quite emotional. I just he struggles so much and he's just using what he does for so good and his yeah. Maverick Survival School and I'm going in February and Is that what gonna, it's called? Yeah, yeah, he's gonna I'm going down there. I think me and Sophie and we're going down to do all the camping and he's gonna teach like things like making glue and making like knives and things. So we're gonna do that with him. He's gonna he's gonna put me through my paces um on that and I just think he needs to be celebrated because he's just the funniest, most amazing man, but he struggles and he's working so hard to try and do something better for he's him but into, other people. Into a positive, yeah. And, and what's yeah, his name? He's Craig Harrison so and he's just incredible. We're going to celebrate you as well as Craig Harrison yeah. today. That's amazing. Um, and what's his book? Do you want to plug it? Oh, it's called The Longest Kill. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's, it's difficult. It's fucking tough. It's a tough sure. read. It was yeah. a tough job it was one of those jobs I don't think there's not very many people could do and he's he's suffering for it now but he's he's just an incredible person you know, um, they tip people out of the army my stepdad's yeah. got PTSD yeah. um he served in Ireland and you know they tip people out of the army and they don't that's take care good of luck. them and that's yeah, it. good luck and it's and yeah, it was so it was, it's amazing yeah, to hear he was turning that into a positive and, and that's all off his own back because I think had he had he not I think we could be in a very different sure. situation and he is a light for people that are suffering with him because things have got to change things yeah. have got to be different for those people who 100%. have done nothing but good for the country for yeah, other countries country, they yeah, should yeah, be looked after and, yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, thank Sorry, you. that went a bit deep there, no, but I just no, wanted to That's why we asked that question. Yeah. It's brilliant. And um, I actually thought you were going to say your nan. Yeah, I mean, I'm always. I'm sure she came up, Always yeah. nan. I mean, nan, granddad, dad, Did you, my brother. I, I, no, it's probably a 
the but did your nan ever see your nan didn't get to see your no. bake off? No. She no. knows. She knows. So I had I had one nan, so my nan Margaret was the one that kind of taught me and everything, and she was my um, my dad's mum. And then my nan Ivy was my mum's mum. Never baked, never cooked. <laughs> Her diet was ninety nine percent Maltesers, I think. Sounds all right. Every so often she'd my eat a corn sandwich. <laughs> But that was it. And she lived till she was 94. So, so there we go. Oh, you can shove your lettuce up your ass. I want to eat Maltesers. <laughs> and on that note. Oh, babe, thank, thank you, you so, so much. Thanks. Amazing. It's no, been so interesting and, and brilliant. And I'm so glad I got to finally meet you. Yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. And for the best cake ever. Thank and you. And the best, best brownie ever. Oh, you're so welcome. Come to the pub soon. And, oh, yeah. What's the pub called? The Green Man, Eversholt. Please get yourself down there. Yeah. I will be. I'm going to have a, a Yorkshire and I'll a make sure the arrivals are lovely and clean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> bye bye, everyone. <laughs> I mean, that was so brilliant. I mean, not just the cake, which honestly was the best cake I've ever eaten in all my life. Honestly, yeah. And I'm not a cake eater. Like, I, I promise you I'm not bullshit. You know that. I don't like a cake. I mean, it's funny that to me, but you I don't, know, do you? you? Know, I know. I'd rather have a sozzy roll or a packet of crisps, <laughs> wouldn't I? But um, no, I've, do you know what? I've been following Candice's journey right from, you know, obviously when Discovered in Bake Off and I just was like so... I just thought I'm just going to chance me like an asker um, and um, but also on top of that just like a really really great girl and um, it's just so interesting when it about her journey and still not feeling like she's I, I guess I know with a that level of success at it yeah, I know I know it's a funny thing, isn't it, as well? And I just feel like I remember so much her being on Bake Off and like what it meant to me hearing that accent on TV and thinking, mm-hmm. blimey, you know, we still don't hear it at all in so many different areas of life. It was such a big thing. It was commented on so much. You yeah, just don't also, hear working class women in so many arenas. I don't know about you, but I know a lot of working class people that didn't for a long time watch Bake Off because they didn't think it would be their thing. It felt it was a bit middle, middle class. class. I thought that. Yeah, I, thought, yeah. I remember thinking, I want to watch a programme with people baking a cake. What is this? In so middle class. And then just at Absolutely, watching one episode and being like, <gasps> yeah, like completely obsessed with and it. I don't like cakes, but I was oh totally my god, we know you don't it. like the cake. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. And um, of course, you can still get Candice's books. Uh, the first one was Comfort, and the most recent one, Happy Cooking, and that's all available on Amazon, Waterstones, you know, all the usual places you'd get such things. I'm going to download it. Actually. I'm actually going to get Happy Cooking. That's exactly what I need. Yeah, I want to have a look at Comfort as I see all Maybe you can recipes. finally cook me something. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> Bye, everyone, and remember, keep it classy. The Proper Class Podcast is produced by Michelle Farscott for Rangaby Productions, edited by James Torrance, with music by Tommy Music. This episode was recorded at the Umbrella Rooms. Just to let you know, folks, the Proper Class podcast is now going weekly. And whilst I've got you here, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Spread the word. Tell your friends, neighbours, whoever will listen. We've also got an Instagram page. Ooh, get us. And you can follow all the news and goss at the Proper Class podcast. And if you haven't nodded off yet, we've also gone and got ourselves an official email. So do get in touch. The email is properclasspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, folks. And remember, keep it classy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.